0: It's Friday the 29th of April. This is the Climate Alarm Clock. This week's headlines. Gores fire in County Galway. India experiences extreme heatwave. Also coming up on this week's episode, we continue our Birdwatch Ireland collaboration and Anna finds out about the work that Not Here, Not Anywhere do. Hello and welcome to the Climate Alarm Clock, your weekly Irish climate news podcast. I'm Dara Wynn. We aim to be a one-stop shop for climate news and information. And if you like the work we're doing, make sure to tell a friend or share your favorite features of ours on social media. Tag us on Instagram or Facebook at Climate Alarm Clock or on Twitter at The Climate Alarm. Before we dive into this week's episode, I'm excited to announce that we're pursuing a new venture here at The Climate Alarm Clock next week. We try to be an action focused organization and we're taking that up a level we're running a series of free online food waste workshops with food waste guru craig benton starting next tuesday the 3rd of may if food waste were a country it would be the third largest emitter globally and the average irish household throws away 700 euro of food every year so if you want to help save the planet and save yourself some money in the process Sign up for our workshops on eventbrite.ie and the link will be in our show notes and on our social media platforms. Now with that out of the way, it's on to the news roundup and I'm joined by Anna Pringle and Kira Daly. Anna, how are you keeping?
1: I am good, thank you Dara. How are you?
0: I'm not too bad now, not too bad. Kira, how are you doing?
2: I am in mixed spirits. (laughs) It's been a rough week for me this week. terms of looking at the news you guys are slowly creeping into my lives and pulling down what i like to call my blissful ignorance but other than that i'm absolutely flying it
0: good yeah (laughs) and i think that's an important thing to note that sometimes engaging with this stuff is tough um all in all it's an important thing to be doing and uh and i think engaging with work like this and getting the word out is an important thing to do that is mostly a positive experience
2: Yeah, let's look at it like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, and so I guess we move into the news roundup. And Kira, the first story, you're actually going to lead us on it because it was something that happened very near you back in Galway.
2: Yeah, so this is sort of like the peak of my week in terms of A negative peak. (laughs) It was just that last thing that came across my path. So yesterday I was driving home from Galway, something I actually, maybe I did a bit of journalism myself because I witnessed it firsthand. Um, I was coming out of Galway City yesterday and I noticed there was a fire. I could see big billows of smoke coming out of the bog on my road um so it turned out there was actually a huge gorse fire taking place in the Line, which is the national road in in county galway from you know it would link a lot of rural areas into galway city and it was absolutely huge and it was absolutely just kind of crazy to see it firsthand so much of the bog just on fire um yeah. Is this
1: something that happens regularly, Kira, or is this different?
2: Absolutely. Well, I've never seen it on fire like this. You would often see maybe, it like it is a place where people will go locally and maybe do a bit of illegal dumping. Um, but you've ne- I've never, ever, ever, yeah. ever seen w- a fire to that degree.
0: Yeah, there will be fires every so often. Um, but from what I've been seeing, this one was on a scale that hasn't been seen in a long, long time. The road was closed because of the smoke there are people posting pictures on twitter from like five or six kilometers away that could see the fire so that kind of gives an idea of the this yeah of to it. put
2: it in perspective i live a good six or seven kilometers away from where the fire took place and in the room i'm sitting in right now if i look out the window there's a house across from me maybe I'm not even going to give a distance. <laughs> I'm terrible at that. But it was close, right? It's just a field away from me. And across that house, over the roof of it, you could just see all of the smoke coming, traveling over it. And then late at night, before it got dark, it was just kind of like a huge cloud of smoke sitting above my neighbor's house. Just kind of. It was really poignant, especially after everything we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. Um, It just kind of was like, oh, my God, this is beyond close to home this is literally
1: at my doorstep right now
0: and and do they know what caused it you know whether it was people clearing the bog for turf or or whether it was just some people doing it to cause trouble or whatever i mean it doesn't it doesn't matter at this stage you know we've brought up this issue before we were talking about it a few weeks ago it's illegal you know we're in a climate emergency and the least that we can do is have the laws that are there to protect wildlife that are there to protect biodiversity the least we can do is have those laws implemented and it's just really such a sickening thing to see um especially this late into the nesting season there be lots. What, what
1: kind of habitat was it Dara?
0: so it's it's a bog there'll be a, a lot of a lot of birds there and in particular something that really upset me about it is that the curlew eip twitter account Put up a post saying that this was one of their Corrib curlew breeding sites burning tonight. Uh, it's a special area of conservation and that it's total destruction. So, you know, we had Birdwatch Ireland talking about the curlew there on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. We know how endangered they are. We know they're ground nesting birds, so that even if the curlews the adult curlews escape the chances are that their nest their potential eggs or chicks if they're born i'm not sure if they are yet have been destroyed so in terms of trying to get these birds to recover back from the brink get the numbers up likely not going to be curlews breeding there this year even if the adult curlews that are there that have survived and that is just that is just gutting you know um, it's yeah. it's it's so sad. Um, that we have this bird that's on the brink, that faces enough challenges from land use change, from bogs being drained, from increased predation, and now they have arsonists to contend with as well. And uh, yeah, I I I find that that bit in particular just just so so gutting.
2: Yeah, it's really hard, and I think something that I'm definitely I'm always always trying to find a silver lining and this week i'm just not finding it um and that story yesterday was just sort of like the nail in the coffin of my <laughs> ability to see the good in everything um it just like it was a really per- personally it was a really rough week for me not not rough but that's probably but it was a really kind of eye opening week for me earlier this week So earlier this week, I actually found my own climate piece in RSVP magazine and I was delighted. So I was like, look, guys, RSVP magazine are covering climate change. And then I stupidly read the article (laughs) and it was a piece about how Ireland was going, like pieces of Ireland, pieces of Irish land are going to be lost by 2050 because of climate change. And so I, much Against my better judgment, clicked into this map and had a look at where it was gonna go and I just it was lots of lots of coastal places, but lots of places in the middle of Ireland as well. I was really shocked to see, but most why this really, really, really got to me was. 2030 is not far away and when I had a close look at places where my family live I noticed that the beach where my mother and father live is going to be gone it's going to be submerged underwater from the age for as long as I can remember I've been going to that beach it's where my grand, where my grandmother grew up where her parents were from my mother now lives there so that's three generations of my family have walked that beach and by 2050 I always think in my mind in the future my mother's retired to Donegal in my mind I think I'll retire to Donegal I'll have a great life and I just the realization hit me I won't be able to go and follow like I won't be able to go and have those lovely walks on the beach my mother walks on that beach every day I won't be able to go and walk on that beach because of what's happening and it just kind of really hit home I thought I actually haven't even really caused this problem. And this is going to be something my future is actually going to be directly affected. And it's going to be felt soon because already I can see that beach. Like I've already noticed in the last few years that beach kind of disappearing. And it's. It well, plays I, mean, I know
1: the beach you're talking about and, and it is eroding. Yeah, you can see that. And the irony of it is that you've got hundreds of cars parking on that very beach every summer. Yeah. And sometimes getting flooded by the tide it happens every year. Yeah, um, but it really I think what you're saying is so powerful, Kira, because it really brings it home to you in a way that hits you in the gut when you see the beach that you love and you see the road that you drive on every day and the bog that's there being threatened like that. It's a it's a gut punch.
2: Yeah, it's just a place with such sentimental value, especially over the last few years. Anytime I needed to escape mentally in my head, that beach is where I go. It's a place that holds like just... It's a, it's a really good place of solace for me. And I'm sure it is like everyone is going to have their place in Ireland like that. And I bet if they go and look at that map, they will find that place is going to be affected by it. So it just that was like the first thing in a long list of things that re- I think I was really sensitive to it this week. And it really just kind of like kept piling on. So yesterday when I saw the Caroline, I was like, oh, for God's sake. So, yeah, my silver lining, I'm not I'm not looking for it this week, to be honest. <laughs>
1: The, one of the things that Kira is experiencing here is grief, basically at, at the future that she can see being lost in front of her, and that's something we all have to learn how to cope with because that's not going away.
2: Yeah, and I think for me, what was the difference was this week. I had to, I had to sit with that. Like I couldn't be like, oh, it's not my problem. Like that, that's gone. Like twenty, thirty years is not far away. So yeah, it just was really like, Oh, for God's sake, we need to we need to do something.
0: Yeah, and I guess like this might sound a bit cruel or whatever, but something for me here is that now now this is something you're noticing and you're another person that's on board, you know, and uh and that's good. <laughs> you know? <laughs> um because now Don't you try to bring a silver lining in here. <laughs> no, but now but now like whether he knew about it or not, it was going to happen. So now you're going to be as prepared as you can. You're going to do what you can and prevent what you can. And so that's something. Um,
1: and talk to people about and, it more. Yeah, exactly. That gives you a way to talk about it because you're talking about a beach that you love and you're talking about a place that you know well. Yeah. You know, So all of a sudden, that's much easier to talk about than something scientific.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, and then the other thing I suppose that you can do is just you know, look at the people who are doing things. So obviously it's terrible that there's these farmers and and people like trying to protect the curlew that are devastated by this. But there are other people around the country that are protecting the curlew this year. You know, Birdwatch Ireland are doing amazing work. The Irish Wildlife Trust are doing amazing work. And it's about finding those people that have experienced this grief that you're experiencing now. It's about finding them, finding the ones that have experienced it and are taking action and supporting them by getting involved or even by just becoming a member and and helping them do their work so that's uh that is another another thing you can do to sort of work through work through this kind of stuff
2: yeah i would add actually also that i think it's easy for me to say it to you two that I'm upset about it because I know that you understand where I'm coming from. I actually think I need to go and say it to people who <laughs> will that, be like, well, you're absolutely mental. Would you get over it? But That's that's who I need to have those conversations no, but with. But that's
0: such a good point, Kira. And we actually had this chat, myself and Anna had this chat recently that it's so good to have that network. And all of us have been in that place where you don't have anyone to talk to about it. Um, but actually having those people that get it and you need to do both. You need to have that network. You can go back into and talk about your feelings and then you need to have those people that you can reach out to and try and engage with and try try and get them to understand as well but you need to have those people you can come back to who just get it without you having to justify it that's so important to have both
2: so Dara's number is 08. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Right, yeah. what's our next story? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh well it doesn't it doesn't get it doesn't get much better, I'm afraid. Good. Um, <laughs> this because... is my vibe now. <laughs> <laughs> because uh we're looking at the um uh crazy extreme heat in India. Um which uh basically there's just lots of the country is Facing extreme temperatures, most of the country's temperatures are in the mid to high 40s at the moment. And this follows on from a record-breaking hot March. Uh, and normally the hottest month in India is in May. So they still have a long way to go with this heat wave.
2: And so what are the knock-on effects of this extreme weather?
1: Well, there's the obvious one of just the stress for people experiencing it and coping with it and um, what it does to your body is is hugely stressful um so it's the health the direct health effects of it for a start but then beyond that it also is affecting the growth of crops in India as well so the for example their wheat harvest is at risk because of it um so it's just yeah it's got it's got huge effects and and not just India, India and Pakistan. It's a whole Indian subcontinent. Yeah. And maximum temperatures are between 40 and 45 degrees Celsius in some yeah. areas for the last two months.
2: That is They've crazy. been consistently the high. I was going to say, were there any other effects to the weather than mm. heat?
0: So I think March was drier than it usually was. I think normally they get some rain in March and that didn't happen. So that exacerbated things. And I think, yeah, yeah, just to really emphasize Anna's point there about the human impacts, like so many people in India live in informal settlements like that literally have no way to cool down. You know, Um, I saw there was a mention of one of the articles I was reading about schools that a lot of them would have galvanized roofs. And there's literally, you know, they're just like ovens. Um, So that it's that it just incredible heat and no way to escape it. And Anna, you were saying that it's 10% of the world's population are being affected yeah, by this heat Yeah, think about wave.
1: this. It's it's over a billion people are affected by these this heat wave. And that's, yeah, it's more than 10% of the world's population. And I, I read an amazing thread on Twitter by a climate scientist who described travelling home in Delhi yesterday and trying to get on a bus and how you, you should... There was one air-conditioned bus, but it was nobody... There was no room on it uh, for obvious reasons. So she took the hot bus and then she said she got home and she was able to go into an air conditioned home. So she's obviously relatively wealthy in an Indian context. But she said, what about all the people who don't have air conditioning? And, you know, they're used to living with heat. They keep, you know, they keep water on the streets and stuff because they're used to living with heat. Um, But this is, you know, coping with this and as days and nights get hotter. She said, "There's only so much coping you can do," yeah. and she said, "This is like this is climate injustice in action that we're just looking at here." Because um, like there's something like three hundred million people in India live in extreme poverty, and how, and what do you do to cope with that kind of heat if you've got no shelter, for yeah. example?
0: The long-term prospects are what really frightened me about this story. You know, like there was a study there that found that. There have been, there were 600 heatwave days in India between 2011 and 2020, compared to 413 between 1981 and 1990. So in that, what, 30 year gap, there was a 50% increase in heatwave days. And this is at 1.2 degrees of global warming. And we're headed for three degrees and we're aiming for under two, like between 1.5 and two is the best case scenario now. So it's what's India going to be like in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years. And that is uh, a worrying prospect and something that once again, you know, once again, the media coverage of this story has been almost non-existent. And, you know, these are the kind of reasons that we really need to take rapid climate action, both in terms of getting emissions down and in terms of providing financial assistance globally to help countries cope with climate impacts.
2: You mentioned about climate injustice, Anna. So I guess yep. what you're saying is, just to kind of make sure I understand this correctly, what you're saying, Dara, you know, talking about we're we're aiming for 1.5, like here in the West, where or, or everyone, I guess. <laughs> but yeah. if we look at us as Ireland, if we don't achieve that, this you know is going to worsen for people who are on the others, you know, in other countries who are in India, essentially. Yeah,
1: absolutely. So as always, with any extreme weather event, whether it was the flooding in South Africa last week, it's the heat wave in India this week, the poorest people there are the ones that suffer the most yeah, because they don't have the resources to cope with it. They don't have the living conditions to cope with it. And they are also the ones that have done the least to cause the emissions and to cause global warming. So we in the West, as that's an injustice that we have done to them, not to mention hundreds of years of colonialism and extraction and repression as well. But we in the West have an obligation because we are wealthy off the backs of those people. We have an Mm -hmm. obligation to reduce our emissions to help address those injustices. So that's what climate justice for me is all about yeah
0: to just follow up on that like here when you ask about you know is it our emissions or whatever obviously ireland is a small contributor in terms of our overall emissions but in terms of leading we have such high emissions per capita that like per person per person so when you
1: hear oh we're small it doesn't make any difference to what we do yes it does if everybody had that attitude We won't be. We're not reducing enough emissions. So yes, it does matter what we do. We can be leaders. We can do better. You know, instead of saying what about China? What about India? Look what's happening in India today, and we have some responsibility for that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, One of my one of my lines is, uh, in terms of climate action, is more people need to take more responsibility for their emissions um Mm. not just saying oh well someone else has to do it and that goes for individuals and that goes for communities and that really goes for western governments um that we can't just fob it off and pretend it's someone else's problem yeah Um, before we finish up in the newsroom we do have a nice light not climate story this week um going to be looking at a sports story and the news is that English football team Forest Green Rovers have been promoted to League One the third division of English football
2: There's only one thing more confusing than climate change and that is (laughs) soccer (laughs) and it's divisions and it's multiplications and all of this crack I don't need a science explainer, but go on, tell us more
1: about this weird story. Why do we care about Forest Green Rovers? <laughs> yeah, other uh, well, than they've got green in their names, that's nice.
0: Yeah, so they're uh, so they've been promoted, as I say, to the third division of uh, oh, English bit, football. Um, but why it's a n- climate story is that Forest Green Rovers have been described as the greenest team in the world, and they're the world's first carbon neutral football club. Wow. Oh. So they've taken loads of initiatives to be green. All the food they serve in their stadium is vegan. All the food they serve to their players is vegan. If you go onto their website to buy a jersey, you have the option of buying a bamboo jersey or a jersey made from coffee ground and recycled plastic. They have uh, solar panels. They have a pitch free of chemical fertilizers, charging points for electric cars to capture rainwater... Um, they have a new electric bus that brings them around and their new stadium is going to be made of wood. So they're really going all out for the My
2: goodness, they're for, right for bunch the of show-offs.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what an
2: amazing example to see in sport. Yeah,
1: yeah and that the right the, their, their owner, who's a guy called Dale Vince, and he's a sustainable energy entrepreneur, I think, but he got, took some flack recently because he made a contribution to Just Stop Oil, and they promptly went and tied themselves to goalposts during football matches. And so he, he got, took some flack from his fellow footballers saying, why are you letting them, you know, disrupt football matches? And he just laughed it off and said, <laughs> I give them the money. They can do what they want with it. Don't I disrupt think it's a good the cause. football matches. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly.
0: It does just show the power that sport could have to really motivate change and, and uh, inspire action.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean sport yeah. is such an important part of people's lives and it's so visible in society. So we see here in Ireland, I think Bohemians Football Club is a great example of this. Um, you know, they have their refugees' welcome kit. Um they've appointed Sean McCabe as a climate justice officer. They're doing some things around that. And I think that's just it's great to see that and the and the more of that the better.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that is really, look, I would start it off on a negative note. And even though I have zero interest in sports, I recognize that <laughs> other people do. So that actually does cheer me up just here that, you know, between this now and Etienne start last week, I'm feeling a bit
1: more. There is hope. People are, people aren't all bad. People are doing things. And that's what we're, we talk <laughs> about here.
0: Yeah. And I, I guess the real inspiration from the likes of Forest Green Rovers is, is they've put in the hard work. So it's far yeah. easier for other clubs to copy them now. And now, if a big football club decides to take this on in championship, then the impacts they could have would be exponential. So, there have been people uh, putting in the hard yards um, for a number of years, leading the way, that will make it easier for other people to follow suit. So that is a real, a real, um, a real positive to finish the news roundup <laughs> on.
1: <laughs> all we need now is for Bows to win the league in Ireland, and we're yeah. It's all good. Up, oh, Man United. <laughs> 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 okay, stop now, Kira. Stop now. <laughs> um,
0: all right. Uh, Anna and Kira, thanks a million. That's the end of our news roundup. Still to come, Anna's chatting with Not Here, Not Anywhere, and we continue our Birdwatch Ireland collaboration. But coming up next is our IPCC explainer.